Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, convention updates, speculation on future events, random tangents, and thoughts and opinions that are our own personal statements that in no way reflect the opinions of any convention, website, or organization. Listener discretion is advised. Sparkin Convention Report, the state of conventions in 2021, the first five months. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Spirekin Con Report. It's been quite some time since you recorded an episode. I think the last one was last year when we discussed um, the League of Conventions. Uh, but anyway, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up. And joining me today is... Uh, Doug from Anime Cons TV and the Internet. And, fre- and frequent uh, co uh, guest host on this uh, podcast has been on for many things and a good friend. Uh, I will say that this is kind of a weird episode because we're doing a state of conventions because so much crazy stuff has happened and one of them is kind of important for well, we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first, let me plug AnimeCons.tv which Thank has you. some great which has some great events including an interview with the con chair of Otakon. We've had the convention chair of Otakon, we've had the convention chair of uh, Anime Boston, and more recently we've had the executive editor of uh, An- Anime News Network and a bunch of other people. So even without conventions, we're still finding uh, content to push out there. So give it a look. Yep, and as always, check out our other podcast at www.spirekin.com. Some podcasts inventing reviews about connecting enhanced narratives where we have a bunch of different shows talking about a bunch of different geeky topics. This week we have released a anime review, a manga review, our TV Tuesday, and to top it off, we're going to be doing a special mini movie review where we talk about the most terrible Studio Ghibli movie officially. Actually, wait, no. Is it <laughs> worse than... Um, Tales from Earthsea? Well, we're going to have to wait and find out. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can join our Discord at tinyurl.com forward slash S-P-I-R-A-D-I-S-C-O-R-D and I think that's every... Oh, and if you have any questions or comments, message us on Twitter at Spirekin. So with that in mind, let's get to it because this has been kind of crazy because ever since... February or is it March of last year was officially when everything went to hell with conventions, you'd say? Um, I would say it was late February, early March, because March is when like the quarantines and stuff really began happening. It really kind of became uh, COVID-19 really became a global health crisis. And like I was on vacation at the time and had to scramble to get home. Uh, from another country and ended up quarantining for two weeks. And I remember vividly being on that vacation. Um, I will just kind of preface this with I'm on staff for anime Boston. My, uh, role there is a featured panelist coordinator. Uh, so, but a lot of these opinions will be my own. So I remember vividly being on vacation and having to draft that letter to the featured panelists that the convention was going to cancel for that year because Anime Boston's usually late March, early May. Sometimes it's a little later in the year. Um, but that was the thing that will always just kind of stick in my mind. And that began a whole year of conventions being canceled, or you had the advent of virtual conventions. And let's admit, the person who started it was 
John Paul fight, who we knew his fight bait now as a new internet handle, but he created Anime Lockdown, and that was the kind of beginning of cons doing conventions online because that worked. And they've bastardized over time, but it's been a year of us being stuck at home or slowly going back to work. There is a vaccine now, but things are not returning in time. A lot of conventions are not coming back. Um, A lot of conventions we missed last year. And the ones that didn't break down, for example, that one convention in Texas, well, they proved that it's not time yet because most of the staff and... Uh, the con share all got COVID. So, yep. even at and, 40% capacity. Oh, sorry. Go on. Yeah, I mean, there were so many events that we thought, oh, they'll only cancel once. And now we're seeing, nope, they had to cancel twice. Or cons that we thought, oh, they'll miss it. You know, by the time it rolls around again, things will be back to, in order. And the, that really hasn't happened. They're not. Uh, if you've been listening to the Spark and Mong review, we talked about the fact that Otakon is essentially state they stated in a newsletter they didn't even talk to us for news they just said hey we're sending a letter out just randomly to to congo or it's not even an official post stating that if they are not able to run the con this year and they can't raise the funds they're going to be gone forever which is really dramatic and kind of sad that that rollout like uh, so weird to me as uh i Otakon has been the convention I've been going to the longest. I've gone to every Otakon that they've had since 2001. So it's a big deal to me. It's a convention I really, really love. Um, And like, it's so, like, that rollout of that announcement was so weird and so poorly done. Like, I love Otakon. Like, Otakon has a huge uh, place in my heart. But it, this, so went out to a newsletter, not even, like general attendees or Zan, you and I cover the convention as press people. And we've also run panels at the convention. We didn't get that. I had to get, get it uploaded a copy by someone else who got it. And as of right now, like we are recording this, um, I want to say two weeks later, um, they still haven't like linked to the, like put up a statement on their Facebook page or linked to the thing, but this is a page asking for donations. The only thing they've done is the day that news sent out that evening was a post that just said, if you received our newsletter, yes, this is real news, which left a lot of people saying what's real news. Yeah. It's what the hell's going on. It's completely insane. And I am just shocked by that because Alice, who's in charge of, and I'm not trying to call her out because she's probably had to do this last minute, but it's like surprised they waited this long to do this. But it makes sense because a lot of behind the scenes stuff, because most people think, oh, it's a nonprofit convention. That means it's free. It's like it's not free. You have to pay for licenses, vendors, you have to book your guests. It's a lot of work. And everyone who does work at events, uh, like Doug for Anime Boston, there's a lot of he could, there's a lot of work behind it. And it's to put these events, it's like, uh, yeah. I forgot, there was a, a book that said, first rule of starting a convention, don't, because it's yeah. super stressful yeah. and it's you're doing it as an act of love. Yeah. And, I mean, that's one of the elements of why kind of fan-run conventions tend to be the ones people 
seem to really gravitate more than the corporate ones or the for-profit ones is it's very much, it feels very much like for fans, by fans and things like that. So they're much more connected to it. So it is. Yeah. And um, so it is uh, February 10th of, so we're, we're going to release this on the 12th, but it's February 10th, 2021. And there are currently, so we're covering the first five months, then that gives enough time. I think five months will give enough time for us to see if the vaccine is working and maybe we'll get into a higher level. Maybe things change, I believe. So we're going to cover the first five months. So January until March, the end of March. And I have to update my numbers because five more conventions canceled. But for my original numbers, I had there's 100 conventions happening from January to May or February to May. 100. Now, North and South America have uh, 58. Uh, Canada has five. Mexico has two. Europe has 21. Pacific conventions, there's four from, which is Australia and New Zealand, four from Australia, two from New Zealand. And then Asian conventions, Tokyo, Thailand, there's four. That's how they've broken down. Now, out of those, it is now, um, if my numbers are right, it's right now, 58 of them are still active. Could be wrong because someone online, some were postponed. Uh, 18 were canceled officially. Well, now it's 25 have been canceled. 14 were postponed. That number has to be updated. And online is now 16. Or not 16, it's 6. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah, and I mean, it's the, the postponement this year, I think, is even more interesting than last year because last year you had so many conventions like a handful of conventions right at the beginning saying oh well we're just postponing because they were either small enough that the venue could say oh well this weekend's free and they could just shift uh shift up and then they'd have to keep postpone again and then eventually cancel um but i think now it's like if you're postponing i really it it seems almost too optimistic like you wonder if they thought this through or if they are looking at it or what they have going on. But a lot of these places are just kind of seeing, you know, it's still not safe or legally they're not allowed to by the states that, that they are holding their conventions in. And the crazy thing about this, and I'll edit this out, but hold on, let me show Doug. Because with the power of a filter, he can't see the background. But look. <laughs> Very nice. She did an excellent job. All right. Now, Zan, remember to edit that out. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, so, back to what you're saying. Uh, burp, 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 burp. Uh, shit, brain just stopped. Where was my point with this? Uh, postponing conventions. Oh, yes. Canceling so, conventions. With, the, with the postponement of conventions, if you look at the locations where they were postponed and changed, it's actually really fascinating. It actually took me like five hours because most conventions don't really do this. They don't break it up like this. I broke it down to regions. And if you look at it, the ones that are still active, um, Mexico has two active conventions out of four. So half of them were canceled. Canada now has two active conventions out of six there, which is in, it's like in really obscure places like in Ottawa. And then in Newfoundland, there's one. So it's like, Maybe because the the cold will kill the virus. I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to call the capital city Ottawa. 
<laughs> obscure places. I'm going to defend my Canadian friends there. Okay, Ottawa's but... not obscure. I admit that. I'm sorry, Canada, because I have Canadian <laughs> friends. But most of them are Quebec, and say Quebec is the center of the universe. Yeah. And then they yell at me in French for 15 minutes. But <laughs> yeah. um, so Pacific region, they have six events, which are their total events. They just canceled one, which is in New Zealand. So they're really everything's active still and in person. Um, Asia has four events and they keep getting pushed back, um, which is kind of cool because they, uh, Japan has been very on top of things with, uh, the mask life and with everything their COVID count is down. And also it's kind of cool seeing some of the things that they are doing. Like they're doing a convention with Nintendo world. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back, backtrack just a little bit to that one in New Zealand. Whereas that they have, they're the country with the best record, like, but they also shut things down super hard because, you know, being a very a smaller island nation, they could not risk anything. And it's why their numbers have been so good is they had, they went strong early on. So I think that's why they can have that convention, but don't expect to, I think you're going to be able to go there as a local, but I think trying to travel to New Zealand for the convention Europe has 16 left. They've been, it depends on the location. Some areas are completely closed. Like Germany has recently been shutting them down left and right. Austria is still open. Uh, The United Kingdom is still opened. Um, Where's a couple of United Kingdom, United Kingdom, even though they closed a couple of them, like Amchibi Khan, which is 2021, which is April 16th was closed. Um, but then they have Manchester, but let me wait. It's Manchester and the sports center at Manchester where Manchester United play. They don't care. They're, they're weird. Uh, soccer hooligan jeans will keep it away. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but let's see what else there is. I'm looking at my list here. Um, but it's mainly UK is still open. Belgium is closed completely. The Monaco convention, which that I found out about, it's a manga convention in Monaco. I'm like, I want to go there. They've closed. They're being very, very uh, strict. But so Europe has been kind of mixed, depends on the country. Now let's get to the United States. And this has been very fascinating how we broke it up. So starting with the Northeast. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Northeast I'm going to classify as New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Maryland, uh, no, Maine, Rhode Island, uh, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Vermont canceled all of their conventions except for one, Thy Geekdom Con 2021. Hmm. Which I mean, they, that's in Philadelphia. The rest of them have been closed or they're made into um, online conventions only. Everything else is closed. That's a lot of conventions. Next, we have the Midwest. Midwest is going to be North Dakota, South Dakota, um, Nebraska, Kansas, uh, Minnesota, Louisiana, Montana, uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. They only have seven active conventions happening. The rest of them are closed. Uh, the, the big one for them, I think, is going to be... Where was it? It was... Um, uh, notes, notes. No, that's, that's south, south, south. I just find the south. Uh, in the in the mid so Midwest it's like there's like seven conventions but they're like oh here it is miss no that's it's Mississippi never mind anyway 
Oh, Nebraska. Here it is. Con Pie Con, which happens this weekend. And the Ramada, and, and it's still active, and they have their big guest is Kyle Herbert. Uh, Kyle Abair. So, yeah. Yeah. So that should be good. Then we have the West. West Coast in the in the, the West, which is Alaska, Hawaii, New Mexico, Arizona, California, New, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, uh, Idaho, Oregon, Washington, and Montana. They have nine active conventions, which is pretty good. They closed a lot, though, because they have a lot of conventions, and they close all like SakuraCon in Seattle, completely closed. Um, the other big one for me was, um, what the heck was it? Um, the Sock Anime Spring Swap Meet, which I've heard a lot of good things about because Roseville swaps, you can find a lot of stuff. And I think Otaku Joe goes there. But anyway, they closed. No, they're still open. Never mind. Open, not closed. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, the South. We're talking about Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, North and South Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, um, uh, the one that starts with a D that I can never remember. Delaware? Yes, Delaware. It shouldn't be D. It's D-E, which should be like D-L or something. But anyway, Kentucky and Tennessee have a grand total of 14 active conventions, and they've closed two. And most of them are in Texas and Florida. Uh. So, I mean, looking like if we're talking just with the the United States, I think a lot of it because there's been so little kind of nat- national uh, kind of coherence for plans and stuff. And you have some of these local states um, kind of doing what they will. The rules for what, what size events can happen, what can't, really do kind of change things for it. And I mean... I remember hearing stories about a couple of like, in, events in Florida where they wanted to cancel because they wanted to be safe, but because the state hadn't mandated that it had to be uh, closed because they weren't limiting gatherings, they had to hold the event and take all you know, a loss because people weren't going versus canceling the con, which would put them on the hook for even more money with their contracts. So... That's kind of thing. So I think there's some of these conventions that are staying open. They're either, you know, in a tough spot where they they can't they do any they have to stay open, or they're small enough that they can kind of stay under the radar. Which makes sense. And I have to admit that I did not think about that. And because that is a big point, because these conventions, if they cancel, it's unless they can get out of their contract, it's big money it's more than what they make in a in a in a at a con at a con weekend yep it's they... it's it's a lot of stress like um there's clauses in hotel contracts if you're attached to a hotel that you will sell so many room nights and if you don't reach a certain threshold you're on the hook for having an event and not filling those room nights so you have to pay for that and that's it's one of those clauses that you have to look out for when you're planning your event. <laughs> yeah, and it it's just it's kind of scary because it's a weird time. And yeah. what I will say is that because um, the ones who aren't following that, and you could see if you look at their websites, the ones that are not following that, the ones like saying, "Yeah, come here, you won't get the COVID. Bring five of your friends." It's like. 
the, huh. the, that's just playing with fire. And I mean, I, I understand you're trying to attract people so you, you know, don't don't suffer. But like saying, oh, you won't get it. It's like, well, are you going to put that in writing? Do you have like proof of good procedures? <laughs> And while I do feel that there are people in this world who would not be stupid enough to follow through with that, I just have to think about local news, like the lady with the Gorilla Glue, and then it's like, yeah, uh, oh. you've heard of this. You've heard of this, yes? Yes. And so, uh, For those of you who are unaware, well, girl thought she would use Gorilla Glue as hairspray. Uh, apparently, there's an also product that, that actually works for as a hair like setter called Gorilla Snot, and she grabbed Gorilla Glue, not realizing they were uh, two different products. So uh, yeah, all once again, this goes back to the point of read things carefully. Yeah, it's just like I wanna I wanna believe in a lot of people, and I know most of the listeners here and a lot of people are smart enough and intelligent enough to know how to be safe. But there is that percentage where it's like. Really yeah. do wonder. Yeah. The thing I really wonder about with a lot of these closures and things like that is less about the closures because I think there are going to be some cons that unfortunately kind of close forever because they, they just can't handle it or things like that. I, I really hope it's not Otakon, but we'll see. But I think the ones that are going to, so the conventions that will suffer the most are the conventions that are supposed to be held right as things are starting to reopen. And, you know, all of a sudden the state, the city, whatever says to the convention facility, Oh, you know, we're in phase, whatever we're in phase five. That means your event can happen. You can have that many, an event with, you know, 2000, 5,000 people. Now you have, you know, and so the venue then turns around and says to the convention staff, well, the state says we have to have the, we can have the event. You said you would have the event. And so they have to put the event on and they can't get stat- enough staff because people can't come in or too scared to go. Same with vendors, same with attendees. And so they have to, again, hold on and take a, a massive hit. And I think it would not shock me at all to see kind of one some of these conventions have a very tough year because they had to have the event and they couldn't make it successful and possibly fade away. And it, it would really suck to not only see them fade away, but kind of go uh, die with a whimper, not a bang. And it's going to be the mid-tier volunteer conventions that are gone. Because the small ones, they're in hotels, which are like super seedy. You can get it next year. You're not going to lose a dime. But it's the mid-tier level conventions or the major nonprofits that are going to have issues with this. And it's going to be traumatic. And we're not even getting into the other aspect because there are tons of people who depend on conventions for money. As I said earlier, Otaku Joe, great guy. And, and and he's not. No, we, none of these vendors are sponsoring this podcast. Uh, sci, uh, sci-fi continuum. Another vendor, great person. Uh, their livelihood is going to conventions and selling stuff, and it's they're hurting because of this. 
And I want to talk to you about those two in spe- specifically, because Sci-Fi Continuum, their whole thing was cheap manga, kind of whatever they got as like remnants of other things. Uh, and Otaku Joe's, I mean, it, and had was just a lot of like old character goods from Japan, like stuff that might have been 10, 20, 30 years old. But now it's kind of like, oh, this is some cool old school stuff as more people either found out about the classics or things like that. And, you know, they've tried to switch to online model uh, models for selling stuff. Cheap Manga got a very, very basic website that worked. And Otaku Joe's is sharing stuff through their Facebook page. But these booths thrived on being able to have people come to their booth in the vendor's hall at a convention and browse and see what there is and just, you know, thumb through everything like that. And that you can't change that model to that model online very easily. And again, neither of us are saying this as getting any money from either of these vendors, but like it breaks my heart and I want people to go to like, check out Otaku Joe's on Facebook, see what they're posting. If there's anything you can grab, get it because, and then remember their name because when you do see them at a convention, they will have some cool stuff that'll be fun to check out. Same thing with Sci-Fi Continuum. Not just with the Sci-Fi stuff, with because my main podcast is a manga podcast, where I get pod uh, manga for various game shows and things and prizes. I go to them and hit them up for lots of stuff. They have great. I mean, yes, there are sometimes you like said, okay, it's it's Kitchen Princess volumes one, five, seven, and nine, but. That's the, yeah. that's the game. You get there early, you get what you get, and it's it's a shame that they're getting affected by this. It really is, mm-hmm. and it's just so so. And not just them. Some of the um, dealers they do it for wanderlust purposes because it keeps them active. Because otherwise they're at home doing nothing, and you know, emotionally and psychologically, this is well. It's been a, t- a, tr- a trying year and it's gonna it's hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel but this is gonna be a lot more rough i think yeah the the metaphor i keep seeing uh, i've heard a bunch of people say is we can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel the thing to remember is that 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 end of the tunnel is still far away we can just see it now yes uh i've seen people twist that to that's the that's a train coming and it's like (laughs) I don't think that uh, the one con that I'm actually happy is not canceled yet. And they're being very cool about it is Kawaii con. And they actually have like major mm. guests showing up, which I'm kind of shocked at. but yeah, for all, for all you brothers in uh, Honolulu, uh, tell us what you think uh, about yeah. this, about that you guys, but you guys are super strict. You won't let anybody into the country, into ha- Hawaii without staying for 14 days, uh, quarantine. So, you're doing yeah, it right. I do have a lot of vacation time built up. Oh. Yeah. But, uh, but, so. it's, but, it, but it's the same week. It would have been the same weekend as, or is it the same weekend as Oda would have been? Oh, hmm. geez. Well, Oda's this. Oh, no. Oda's the second, the fourth. It's the 24th to 25th. Ah, okay. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's all these conventions that are happening, and it's, I keep thinking about how convention culture is going to change after all this. There, I think 
there's going to be people that like once it's proven to be safe to go back to conventions are going to be going to the first one they can like spending you know maybe spending a little bit more time spending more money in the dealer's room because they haven't been buying stuff but i think there's also going to be that crowd of people that are like very cautious choosing to wait a bit more and i think there's also going to be that section of people that you know have been going for conventions for years and now that they've spent over a year without them are saying you know what i don't miss this i don't need it anymore and kind of move away from the fandom and i'm very curious like i will once we kind of have another full year of conventions back i'm very curious to see where the trends go if conventions are smaller they they stay the you know back to their normal numbers or if they need more time to recuperate i'll be very curious to see where where that falls uh falls out I'm curious. I'm also curious to see where the evolution of conventions are going to go because one of the conventions that's open, they've closed everything except for the dealer's room. So there are no panels. There are no speeches, no raves, no karaoke, just the dealer's room. So I'm curious if these events are going to become just swap meets or if we're going to have the essence of convention, of anime conventions still around, which for those of you who remember, it used to be you go to there for the dealer's room, but there's also the screener rooms. You had the uh, autograph sessions, panels, the concerts. I'm curious what will change. Um, I do predict, though, that I guarantee that when conventions start, everybody is going to be dressed up as Among Us characters because they're hazmat suits. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's, it's, but they're going to be full garb, I think, is going to be the, the, the cosplay of the choice. I mean, yeah. Uh, just two thoughts there. Uh, I, w- I want to get onto cosplay because this is a point I like to make. But uh, first, you know, kind of having dealer's room only, that's very transient. You go through once or twice and you're done. So you're not really staying for the convention, which is very much the comic convention model where the vendor's hall is kind of the main focus. It's where you're trying to, you know, direct everyone to. Um, but the anime conventions are much more focused on things like panels and st- things like that and big events because they were born out of the science fiction conventions. So it, it's kind of interesting to kind of see what's important to the convention for that and how are they going to focus that. Um, now, to go back to the cosplay point, the thing I, I keep, the, the one thing I keep wondering about and I've been wondering about this for a while now, is there is a a set of uh, costumes. Like, every year you go to a convention, you kind of go to a couple in that season, um, and it's you see the one series that everyone is cosplaying for that season, for that year, that summer. Like, it's the summer of whatever. And it's everybody is doing that. And then the next year it's basically gone. Like maybe there's a few stragglers, but it has vanished. It had its 15 minutes of fame and then it's over. And I really kind of wonder what was, what, what was the series that missed its uh, year in the spotlight because of the pandemic? Um, A few people I've asked, you know, said, Oh, it was so demon slayer. But like one of the last conventions I went to was uh, anime NYC 
and we were starting to really see it then. So I wonder if there was another one that we never saw. Um, a lot of people said, oh, maybe it would have been, you know, no, yes, it's not an anime, but Tiger King. <laughs> and I really wonder about these ones. It would have been Tiger King. It might have been, one I'm thinking it might have been for, for actual anime series, though. I think it probably would have been Dorhedero. Door Hero, or it would have been uh, one of the the fifteen. Oh, Great Pretender, mm-hmm. or it'd be one of the fifteen billion Isekai series. Oh yeah, the one I would love to have seen, even though it's it's missed its mark, is Akudama Drive. I would have loved to have seen a cosplay group doing the Akudama Drive group. Oh yeah, oh, that would have been yeah. so much fun. But yeah, go ahead. No, no, uh, but there, it just, and also with all the restrictions that we've been talking about on the other podcast about, um, actually, I haven't talked about it yet. The whole controversy with cosplays, the fact that Japan is passing a law where you could be sued for wearing cosplays now. They're changing the laws on it, which may impact worldwide cosplays as we know it. So how is that going to affect things now? Especially if that gets passed and it starts around the world. Like we've talked about how Australia jumps on the bandwagon like, oh, no, this 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 manga is por- pornography. It's like everyone else loves it. Nope, it's pornography. Get rid of it. It's like yeah. cosplays are illegal now. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think that it's, it's going to be one of those like what do they get for compensation and things like that. And, you know, I think it's I think it's going to be a difference between a fan wearing a costume at an event versus, you know, someone working a booth as a professional cosplayer or, you know, doing this as their livelihood, so to speak. Um, yeah. Yeah. That I could, I could see that point. I totally could see that point. I'm trying to think of the, I mean, maybe some things will evolve and change. They learn from what they did in the, virtual conventions maybe more people interact with each other maybe there'll be like rooms just to like hang out like a hangout room i yeah. doubt it but instead of just it's we're gonna hang out in the hallways when people are trying to pass us i want to i want to shout out one idea from um my interview with uh Lindsay from anime news network and also uh lauren and john from gunflow 101 because this came out naturally in both their conversations is one thing we'd really like to see is you know, wearing a mask if you're not feeling 100% at a convention. I mean, yes, you shouldn't go to a convention if you're severely ill, but if it's just like, oh, I have a bit of a cough or, you know, want to watch out for germs, wearing a mask. And that would be something that would be really neat to see more people do is just kind of common courtesy. Now it's commonplace. The other thing that would be cool related to that is if you start seeing, uh, then uh artist alley uh vendors artists selling selling masks like oh i have a themed one of like whatever like i got a fabric of related to this series printed up or hey there's a character that has like that style mask so i'm making it like do that like the two that examples that i come to mind are like a tokyo ghoul mask or of course because i'm the giant robot fan uh, all the Gundams have that kind of face that looks like a samurai helmet. So they have that kind of the Menpo face shield look. So, you know, start doing Gundam themed ones or something like that. I would really like to see like some artists take that, start doing that. And hey, free idea there, guys. 
go for it. That's a good idea. I think that's a brilliant idea. I mean, another option, and it's a it's a lost revenue, maybe. Um, anime exclusive masks. You get it with your badge, and it's like you know what, or or maybe change the badge into the you're wearing the mask. Depending on the mask that you're wearing, it's that design that is the that yeah. is the. Uh, but then that gets weird because like, do they know the color? What if someone just grabbed a mask that looks exactly like it? You know, you have to yeah. be clever with it, but it's it's a possibility. Or you can just do it as a as a, a gimme, like wear your mask. Um, I mean, we're yeah. in a, the world has changed. Uh, I know a lot of people who are older who are saying, oh, once this is all done, no one's ever going to wear a mask again. I'm like, no, the world has changed enough where this is going to become a thing. This is going to be a permanent thing. And it's even weirder, like for the younger, the younger kids in school and high school, because their whole world has changed. Their world is, is different. Uh, And I I think that's, you know, a generation it's, I think is going to really shape how conventions are. It's always that, that next generation that kind of changes and shapes what happens to anime conventions. So I could see them pushing, you know, like, Hey, let's, let's have, you know, remind people that, you know, when you're going up and down the escalators at that one convention center, don't give people high fives because you're spreading germs and things like that. So there is going to be that, that shaping element of it. So the effects of what's this is gonna happen are not it's not not it's not unfathomable, but it's something which it's there's so many nuances to this. What is gonna change? Even minute details. Also, the virtual convention will that be a normal thing now? I mean, a lot of people burnt out on it, but a lot of the kids are like, I love it because it's like because that's how I interact now. Well, and there are some people that have said that like they have you know some reason that they can't attend in-person conventions, whether it's, you know, some form of, uh, you know, mental uh, disability or physical disability that makes it difficult for them to go to in-person events. All of a sudden they can now catch a panel or things like that. And there is a little bit of that. And I mean, the burnout is real. Don't get me wrong. Like uh, anime Boston is not having a virtual convention. It couldn't have it the first time it canceled because it was just too short notice. On uh, the second time around, there was a lot of discussion amongst the staff and the final decision was like, we don't, we don't think we can put on the caliber of event that we are pride ourselves on as an in-person convention. But I could also see this taking over and doing stuff like BlizzCon, even before the pandemic had, you know, kind of a virtual pass. Like, yeah, you're not in the room where it, when it happens, but you pay a price to get access to the stream so you can see all this news as it's happening live. So there is that element too. And like, it would be really great to see some of these, you know, larger conventions say, okay, we can't, you know, we can't have, you know, 20,000 people all attending to this one room and be seated in the room. But you know what? We're going to have a stream for it so you can watch it. And, Dragon Con has had this model for years where the dark channel on the hotels had a stream up for some of their bigger events. So even if you couldn't be in the room, you could be in your hotel room watching some of the stuff going on. And they filled it with other content as well. And I think that there would be something to look into for maybe these cons. And 
maybe you don't need it for every single panel room, but say, okay, events of a certain size, we are able to stream. Which I think, part of me thinks that, and, and this is a personal belief, I think that this model works, but I also could see the negative side of this because bigger conventions who it is the profit margin, like, oh, we get this. This is a way to, if we just stream the panels and it's virtual, we don't have to pay for an overhead. We don't have to pay the, we just pay the vend the vendors, just give us a fee and we don't have to pay for the cost for the room. We just have to pay a server cost. This could go very corporate very quickly. And I think that there is an angle for that. Like some, some have benefited better from others. Like, you know, you and I both love anime releases from discotech media. They have done a couple streaming events because they haven't been at conventions, but they've been very successful. And part of it is because it's just rapid fire, go through the slides, go through the, the clips they're showing and keep going. And it works really well for that model where it's just, it's just news announcements. I think those are great for streaming events and they're not tied to saying, Oh, we have to do it at this convention this time. They picked their own night, did it through their own stream and went with it. And it worked out fine, but not everyone has that interaction. And as much as I think, you know, streaming events will be something that'll be happening. And I think more people are going to look into ways they can do it. It's never going to replace the in-person interaction of being in the room as you hear the news, you know, feeding off the energy of other fans and stuff like that. Yes. Yes. And being in the section with all the people just ty- watching and then typing it. Yeah. We got, we got to post now. We got to post now. You got it. No. <laughs> I and mean, then, and then, and then hearing Daryl and Gerald fighting in the back over, over something like, no, that's not how you spell it. <laughs> I mean, I, I still remember one, one year at the, oh, to again, use the example of discotheque being in that room, you know, my friends next to me, a bunch of our friends next to us, as these announcements are dropping, from discotech and just getting more and more excited. And it's like, this is like when Oprah gives away something like this is that kind of energy. But, but wait, there's more, but and, and Mike tool being the showman that he is internet famous, Mike tool, just going oh. more and more into little things. Oh, here, here's a, here's a anime narrated by some guy and it's him doing banana, banana and yan. Yeah. So the, there will uh. never be, there will never be a complete replacement for that, no matter how how much things do change. Conventions are, at their core, fans interacting with other fans, and the in-person thing is never going to be the same or matched by online. Yeah. Uh, what one YouTuber said, I have to agree with at this point. It's a statement that's very simple. I can't wait for all this to be over so I can be an actual introvert again because this <laughs> being forced to be an introvert sucks. Yep. Well, and, but going to conventions is the one time introverts like us are able to like, it's that hermit convention. All the hermits get together to just see what, what, what's going on. It's, this is our time to be us and to be quote unquote normal. It's our super bowl. It's our, um, uh, other, Big of our WrestleMania, our uh, the, the, Kentucky the, the, Derby. 
the metaphor I, I've always heard for my many of my friends on Anime Boston staff is it's the family reunion. Yes. Well, a good con is a family reunion. Yeah. And then if then if it's Dragon Con, it's one of those questionable events that <laughs> you know you may yeah. have found on Craigslist, and then there's that one guy who's like saying, All right, everybody, I'm leaving now. And you wonder what's yeah. going on. Uh, that's not going to happen ever again. I don't think. I think the, the ABC party will have died at this point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, this is. We'll keep you updated with what's going on, but this is our our thoughts. And then probably around June, we'll talk about this, see where it goes. Hopefully things get better. Hopefully things have changed. Maybe all the conventions have opened up. And um, yeah. if you have. Um, just to let you guys know, I put the link in the show notes for the last manga review. I'm going to do it again in this show note in the next couple. Check the link for Otakon. It's at the store.otakon.com. Put something down. I know that we don't get a dime from them, but it's a convention that has done so much and has set up so many things. I mean, I would never have seen Jam Project twice. <laughs> um or seen uh, the actual uh, Final Fantasy Symphony, or gotten to meet um, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, so many people. Well, um, uh, Afro, Afro Lupin. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Nabushin. Nabushin, yes, I would have bet Nabushin or. Maybe. Yeah, uh, she, she, has, my was like it's Wadabi. I'm like, no, it's not. It is. It is. No, yeah. but. Uh, so many people have come to Otakon and there's so many great experiences. Yes. Since it's been in D I don't know if DC is the greatest place to put it in right now with everything going on, but still it's Otakon. It's a staple. Yeah. Got to keep it. It, it. The, the, the convention, if Otakon does have to close their doors and I really hope they, things turn around, it's going to leave such a mark, uh, such a void both on the calendar in geography and just conventions in general. So yeah, definitely support them. If you can, every little bit helps. Yeah. Every little bit helps. And just like I put, I, I put five bucks, it's not terrible. $5 or a dollar at the price of a cup of coffee. If enough of us do it, something good will happen. Um, yeah. So I think that's it. I will say though, for future events, I will say the ones that I'm looking forward to according to this list for like 2022, 23. I'm interested in Anime North because I've heard good things about Anime North anyway. Um, one of these ones from New Zealand sound insane. It's Armageddon Christchurch. Mm-hmm. And it's an anime convention. That, that that's 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 the uh sort of province there, but yeah, Christchurch is a real place in New Zealand. Yep. Um, Monaco Anime Game International Convention, which has a manga contest that was judged by Monkey Punch, which that's kind of cool. Uh, but they can't now unless they figured out a way to do necromancy. But Monaco would be kind of cool. Um, Fan Expo Vancouver, because it's Vancouver. But the other one is, uh, there's one more that was like super awesome. I guess got to look at my list. Cheating, cheating. Oh, the Ma- Manga Comic Convention in Leipzig, Germany. Leipzig, I will learn Leipzig. I will learn German. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'd be curious to see if people like try and do more travel 
connected to conventions. Um, I do want to just give one final thought, though, is, you know, mentioning supporting Otakon or if there's another convention that you like that states that they need to raise some funds. Uh, as, again, this is me, as my experience on the staff, I have to say I really appreciate how many times people have said, hey, you know, it sucks that you have to cancel, but we understand and we're glad you guys are being safe and things like that. As a convention staffer, stuff like that means a lot to me, and it reminds me why I, you know, put put a lot of work into my role at, on, on convention is because it's not just for me. This is a party for a bunch of people that I really that share the same interest, and it's nice to see that people are still supportive and not just angry that the convention's con. They're you know they're staying optimistic, staying hopeful, and figuring out ways to be supportive. So that means a lot. So if there is a convention, you know, that is going through a tough time or has to cancel and stuff like that, don't be afraid to drop them a line and let them know that it means a lot to you because that staffers do see that. And it does mean a lot to that, to us. So, and to practice what I preach, you know, again, Otakon, I've been going, there's a reason I've gone to every single year since my first time in 2001. And it's because that con, I always have a good time. Even my worst Otacon was still a very good time. It is. And, like, that's really all I could, all we could say about this. It's just, it's such, you know, conventions are a part of our life. That's how we deal. That's our geekdom. That's our thing. And, well. This is how we, it's how we became friends. You and I here right here. We would not, you and I would not be talking to each other. If it yes. weren't for conventions, if it weren't, if it weren't for Otakon, for, uh, for Otakon 2015 with the, no, 14 wow. or 15, 14 um, or 15, one of those two. Uh, it, uh, I it, remember- it, um, it would have been, oh God, you're making me do math. No, no, no. Stay away from the dark side of, 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 I, of equations. Math is evil. <laughs> It would have been uh, it would have been either thirteen or fourteen. Yep. Uh, yep. I I will explain my logic to you offline. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, but yeah, so that's it for this episode. We're done talking about this. Thank you again for you. And I know this is not officially AnimeCon TV that um, is giving the statements, but again, thank you so much, Doug. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to talk about happier things. I am excited because in a couple of months. One of our favorite cartoons, it's not an anime, is getting a revival. And I definitely want to do like a pilot episode we compare to or do a marathon of the original series. And we can even talk about the fact that it promoted, they had a stinger, uh, not stinger, an Easter egg in Spider Man Far From Home in the background of Clone College. <laughs> Where we go. So, yeah, uh, I'm Zan. I'm Doug. We're out of here. See you guys later. Bye. Thank you.